Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome back to Pre-Market Prep. We have another great show for you. We'll get into the wicked rotation in tech to value. We'll talk all about that. The FAA halting multiple uh, airports here. Flights not going out, of course, due to the smoke. We'll talk about GameStop firing CEO. Will the Fed raise rates one more time? Signet Jewelers, Fuel Cell, HashiCorp earnings, and DocuSign earnings tonight. And of course, we got Frank Holmes today. We'll talk all about gold. We'll get into some crypto. And of course, we'll talk about some flights action that's going on. Stay tuned. This is where you want to be. Pre-market prep. It's time to rise and shine, team. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look. You can see the S&P 500 or the SPY for me going kind of sideways now starting to get a little bit of a lift. We'll see if we're able to shake off yesterday. Q's coming down also pretty significantly yesterday. You can see it also on the hourly candles, how just significant it was. It was pretty much straight down about six hours there we'll talk a little bit about that with triple d coming up here tlt also falling off and really kind of falling off right now you can see it going lower here i wonder what uh dennis has to think about that and of course we'll take a look gold will this catch a little bit of a bounce going to keep watch to see what happens there uh bitcoin i don't expect to see this moving much um, but we'll keep an eye on it silver also pretty much kind of hanging on here. Can it catch a little bit of a lift? Something that I will keep an eye on for. And then USO kind of getting a little bit of a bounce. Pretty strong day yesterday in crude stocks overall. And one thing I noticed is that you're clearly seeing what? WTI above 73 today. Talked about how that 72 level would be so important. Would we go above that or below it? Looks like we're above it and holding 73 here. So oil stocks maybe could go higher. I'll definitely keep an eye on that. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on, of course, Dennis Dick here. Let's talk about yesterday as, yeah. of course, you guys saw a uh, wicked rotation there. Will tech bounce back? Yesterday, we saw just how wicked this market rotation could be as tech drop and value caught a bid. Yeah. What did you see in the rotation? Dennis? No, the, that was one of the most wicked days, the opposite direction of what we're used to, where they were just hammering those seven stocks microsoft i believe was down 10 bucks you had apple trading down you had meta getting hit hard where mm -hmm. everything they were hiding in the crowded mega cap trade was coming off hard and what was going up was all the beaten down value names my portfolio long term had a fantastic day i think it just made like a new 2023 high my long-term portfolio um which has been down because it's full of value names and it's full of cash so um, not a new all-time high for it, but a, a new 2023 high in my long-term investing portfolio. Talking about the stocks, you know, that I, I trade, you know, I make a trade once every week or two usually. Um, just, you know, those value names just picking it up. I mean, big moves, obviously. You know, I, I've talked about my position, General Motors. That had a really good day. 
We saw, you know, so many other IWM names. I mean, just talk with this IWM move here, Money yeah. Mitch. We were 175 four trading sessions ago. We're 188 here now. So just quietly at 10, that's 12 points. So you're talking about like a 7% move here up in about three or four days. In that same time period, just talked about the rotation, the Qs are down. So I mean, IWM making up some major ground here just the last four days. Yeah, and I mean, you can see the strength in certain ones of these IWMs. I'm going to roll through the top leading RSI names in the IWM, but you guys can just see them here. Uh, there's a couple of these that will be smaller, right? I'm just rolling through it just to kind of show you kind of the action. Look at that right-hand side and how everything is kind of just really perking towards the upside. And this is how Catch important... Trade. Exactly. Catch up trade. Exactly. You can see it. Look, look at these names. Like, I don't know this one, STRL, Sterling Infrastructure, but look at it. It's an engineering and construction stock just taking off. So definitely got to keep our eyes open to see if this IWM trade can keep going. This YEX was moving yesterday. It just seems like a lot of these are catching the lift. Smaller stocks. And again, very crowded mega cap uh, tech trade. We know those seven names have been driving the bus for the whole year. But what was driving the bus the last week is the smaller names. And they are playing catch up here a little bit. The question is, is this just a blip? You know, is this just one of those like three, four day things? And then eventually they just come right back into the mega cap tech stocks and start selling the value names again. It's like this market doesn't want to just move everything together. We had Friday that everything went up and that was a really good day for the market. And that's why we saw the huge up move. But, you know, here you have a fantastic move and all those smaller names. Yet the S&Ps are down on the day because they're so heavily weighted, those seven names. So, I mean, tale of two markets continues here. Just the tale and the story is changing a little bit from what we're used to. Yeah, one thing that I will look at in the chat action here, uh, where do I see kind of the top action being on the IWM? And I can see some resistance coming into play with November 15 and kind of the range that's in January, uh, June 7th, 2022. That's up towards that kind of like 190 level. Of course, I'm just rounding it from 189.50s, somewhere in there. I could expect to maybe get some resistance. And then there's also this upper trend line that we can maybe get to, which is 195. Somewhere between there, I expect at least a little bit of a pullback. But the IWM has been a wicked move. And of course, we saw how yesterday the queues came right back down. Now the question is, of course, will tech bounce back? That's the harder question because, of course, these stocks have gone yeah. significant move. And we know at some point, yeah, we're going to get a little bit of a pullback. But how big of that pullback will it be? And when will the buy the dippers come in? Yeah, like, and I wouldn't be surprised sometimes. It was such a wicked move. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of the reversal after the open. A lot of times you get this wicked move. You get follow through. I call it the two-day move. You get follow through the next morning because you have people who have day jobs. They come in. They're like, what happened to my Microsoft here? Oh, my goodness. So they're like, then they call, you know, or they're going on their line and they're sending their orders to sell it the next morning because they're all spooked that, you know, this is the turning event here. So you often see follow through the next day. What happens about 9.35, 9.40 is those opening orders start to fizzle out and you actually sometimes see the trade reverse. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think there's underneath demand for all these stocks here. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do start to reverse, right? You know, and obviously it's only been one or two days here. So it's not even a major pullback here. I'd love to see a bigger pullback to really start positions. I'm not really, you know, looking to jump into a lot of these names here just because they've had such a big move. I was hoping for something a little bit bigger pullback on those names. But, you know, if they were to pull back and say, you know, give back, 
you know, half of the recent moves over the next, you know, week or two or a couple of weeks, I would reload some of these names. But, you know, you look, think about it like a unity, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, look at this stock, you know, from 28. I mean, obviously we missed it, Mitch, and we were beating ourselves up. <laughs> 39.45, well, just last five bucks. So, yeah. I mean, if I go down to 31, 32, would I buy it? Probably. Um, Marvell is another one that I've had my eye on, but again, that was an <laughs> ugly day for yesterday. Got the big pop on the potential. I tried Amazon it yesterday, contract. Dennis. What's that? <laughs> I tried Marvell yesterday. I got caught in that little downturn, and uh, then it just turned. It was a wicked yeah, rug pull, wicked. like so fast. You know, like we were open up in the sixty-three handle, and literally twenty minutes later, we we're trading the sixty handle. So yeah. there are some wicked moves and some stuff. And then just the opposite direction, what we were talking about, with so many of these names, like a Caterpillar, just catching a bit and rip-roaring higher. was up like $8 yesterday. Um, Deer, same story, having a fantastic yeah. day. Cat so, I mean, really you even really got to respect the rotation. What we try to do here on this show is get ahead of the rotation. What I try to do in my own trading is get ahead of the rotation. The, the, the biggest edge that I can have is if I get ahead of the rotation before the masses. Because if you're talking about it, you know, in the pre-market and talking about potential rotation, then you see the tea leaves, maybe a couple stocks turn or something like that to tip you off. There's huge money to be made by being on the right side of these rotations because this is wicked. I mean, you're talking on Caterpillar versus Microsoft, like a 5% move yesterday between those two stocks with Caterpillar going up like three, Microsoft going down, well, three, almost three as well. So, I mean, almost like a 6% move. So, I mean, the, the, the money being made on these rotations, if you get on the other side of it, is incredible. And that's what we're trying to do. So what I will say is I think it continues into the open, but I'm cautious on whether, you know, it doesn't reverse here after the open. Not saying, you know, the full thing is reversing, but usually these things move in little waves. We had a pretty big wave yesterday of rotation from tech to value. So I think after the open, just watch. If you start to see like your Microsofts or any of those start to catch a bid, that's your sell signal for a lot of those other IWM because they're moving completely opposite directions right now. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to the next conversation. And it seems like the chat's talking about it. So let's go to it. Let's get a look into the airlines. I'm wondering today if the airlines will come down after the FAA halts flights from multiple airports here. FAA halting flights from the Northeast, Ohio, Mid-Atlantic bound for New York, Um, And the FAA stating that we will likely need to take steps to manage the flow of traffic safely into New York City, D.C., Philadelphia and Charlotte. So there you guys have it. Um, What will this kind of actually do for these stocks? I'm not sure today. Do you think that they could get hit off of this news? Uh, Sometimes, but it's usually a very short term thing. I mean, one, we're going to get some rain. It looks like in the forecast, maybe coming next week. Two is these fires aren't going to go forever. So we can think, oh, this is our future and the global warming people are running with this and saying, yeah, get used to breathing this stuff because this is all we're going to breathe in the future. Um, I I don't believe that we're going to just continue to have, you know, smoggy air and smoke filled air forever here. I hope Um, it's the season. It was a a bad season for wildfires. I haven't seen rain. I think we've had one day of rain where I'm at and I'm just, you know, about an hour and a half north of Toronto. I think we've had one day of rain in the last three weeks. So it's been, you know, ridiculously dry. We're under burn warnings, no burning at all. You know, no campfires, nothing like that right now. 
allowed. So they give burn permits, but they, you're yes. not allowed to burn anything here right now because it's so dry. So it's just the season. Um, you know, it's going to pass. This too shall pass. So these are short-term things. If the airlines pull back on this, it's probably a buying opportunity. Um, I don't know how the air is at yours. Like the air here is a little bit smoggy. I'm under a smoke advisory here. Not yeah. too bad here. Nothing like what we saw in New York. Oh my goodness, those pictures from yesterday. You know, and obviously Christian Fromm hurts, who we're good friends with, looking out his windows and saying the orange sky and are we on Mars? I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, New York is I haven't seen bad. anything like that here. Yeah, New York is pretty bad. I've seen multiple videos from New York that I'm just like, man, <laughs> I don't recommend when, like, you know, like, like being out there in that. I, I don't, I don't know. No, how it's you, not good to breathe that. It's in. not good. Right. No, I mean, for sure. There, there's one thing like maybe being outside for a little bit, but there's a whole nother thing. If we like kind of have to work outside right now. Yeah. I mean, we were seeing also mentions from different companies telling them that they go back to remote working kind of style. And will that kind of, kind of catch up right i mean we'll see what happens with these airlines uh will they take a hit um will we see kind of this really kind of go into the airlines we'll find I, out i don't think it's going to be major so i okay. don't think this is going to be like oh we're, we're knocking the airlines down and if they knocked them down i think i think yesterday would have been the day because you know yesterday okay. with those we're looking at that I, I think any pullback on the airlines is probably a buying opportunity. Yeah, my biggest thing is uh at least yesterday i didn't see flights being halted but maybe they were Maybe I missed it. Let's go to GameStop firing CEO. Let's take a look at GameStop as they definitely disaster stock of the day. Mm -hmm. GameStop firing CEO Matthew Furlong as appointing Ryan Cohen as executive chairman. The company didn't provide a reason for the termination. GameStop also canceled conference call here. Then about 24 minutes after the report came out, he goes and posts this tweet, not for long. I don't know what necessarily this was for, but he Because the guy's name was for long. He likes that going one. out. Hilarious. <laughs> he's the pun master. I mean, yeah, this is what this guy does. He sits there. back and he's just a game. Everything is a game to him. You know, a big game. And, you know, some of it is, you know, just whatever. I mean, I don't know what the guy's thinking half the time. Is he going to change, you know, and turn GameStop around here? I think Michael Pachter talked about this on CNBC yesterday. Um, I'm not going to repeat everything he said because I'll get some hate mail for it. I don't want the hate mail. But let's just say Michael Pachter does not believe that Ryan Cohen is going to be able to turn around GameStop. I don't think so either. I think, you know, I think anyways, I, I just leave it at that because if you say too much stuff bad about GameStop, I get too much hate mail. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But, you know, it's a pullback. You know, did they come in and buy this dip? They seem to like buying the dips on GameStop. You got $20 as a major level, so maybe temporarily this thing could bounce. Don't worry, this. Dennis. I'm not as shy as you are. I'll say You're going to say a stuff? Game? I'm not saying nothing. I, I won't say the Pactor comments. I'll say I know my how own, this works. right? Come on. It's, it's Money Mitch here. I don't shy away from it. GameStop is a dying brand. There's nothing here underneath the hood. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He would have to change this business around so much. For us to think of GameStop as a great story, a great investment story, just take a look at the chart. The chart's going to tell you it all. It's been waiting to try to get some kind of pop, but it can't do it. Every pop getting what? It pops, comes back down. Pops, comes back down. Pops, comes back down. This is the classic story that it is fading off. The brand is fading off. And even me yesterday, 
I didn't mind playing GME for maybe the day trade, but that's it. That's it. I would only maybe rent this short-term trade. Other than that, do I even want to swing trade GME? No, because the tape bombs could always come in here. And let's just be honest. What do we see about gaming? We see gaming moving to the cloud. Why do you need GameStop in the future? Well, we've argued that for a long time. And I mean, obviously the stock did what it did. It's kind of its own thing. So, I mean, this stock, it just does its own thing. So it's a tough stock to just grab the fundamentals and say, yeah, this is what it's worth. Because when you do that story, you come up with a Michael Pactor $6 price target. So is he going to end up being right? I think eventually, but still, you've just got to be, you know, careful just, you know, selling stuff, anything, you know, on trading GameStop on fundamentals just hasn't worked for a very long time. Yep. And then let's go ahead. Let's get to the next conversation. We'll see what happens there with GameStop. If Ryan Cohen can come to save it, we'll find out. All right, let's go to the overall market talk. I did want to talk a little bit about some Fed uh, conversation. Of course, next week we will get the FOMC meeting. And right now, what happened, right? Well, after the Reserve Bank of Australia surprised earlier this week, it was the Bank of Canada that turned to stun the markets with a 25 basis point hike. And that's adjusting the CME Fed tool here this morning. A probability of the Fed hiking was at 25 uh, for 25 basis points next week was at 36% when it was just at 22% a day earlier. So definitely important to kind of catch that. We're slowly but surely working closer and closer towards potentially a 25 basis points next week. Um, yeah. And, you know, Canada here obviously has you know this real estate bubble that they're trying to pop to a certain extent here we know the way they've worked around it in canada the banks just find a way they raise the interest rates and all they do is extend the amortization out so i mean it's like almost like it's just not working to slow the consumer down it's not working to slow the real estate bubble down here you know yes housing prices come down a little bit in canada but they're still crazy um because they just extend out the amortization. So, I mean, if you got 25 years and you go to 35 years and your your interest rates went up, but your payment's going to stay the same because now you're just paying it off over 35 years. So, I mean, just kicking the can down the road um, is what it is. We'll just say that. It is what it is. Um, but I just think this is just not, you know, doing, you know, what, you know, is intended here because the banks are finding ways to get around it. And then my only concern would be is, does the Fed just smash the market expectation here? It seems like the market has been just rising, rising, rising. I feel like everyone's thought that it was almost a a given that this would be the pause meeting. And I think that it's not so much of a given anymore. Will they do the 25 basis points? I mean, there's still room for them to do it, right? We saw what happened in PCE, that it started getting a little bit of a lift. CPI report coming next week. Will that intend them to go for the 25 basis points? What are you betting on, Dennis? I, I think so. I think they're I think the market is allowing it. So I think the stock market has allowed them to continue to raise rates here because again, the market just doesn't seem to care. So they're gonna buy stocks and buy everything up. They're gonna continue to raise rates because one, now you have the wealth effect coming back into play to try to drive prices higher. And we see what's happened at the pumps. The prices have went back up. So, I mean, there is some inflation happening here. Um, I, I just think it's going to be hard. You're not going to get back down to that 2% anytime soon. So, the Fed's probably looking at saying, well, if the market's going to give us you know, this much opportunity 
to raise rates because they're buying the hell out of stocks. And don't forget, they look at they say they're data dependent, but they look at the market too. I think why aren't they going to take that you know shot? So they're probably going to go a quarter again. Maybe they even stay on a little bit on the hawkish side. So I think there is you know some bad news coming here for this market too. So I think you've got to be somewhat cautious with chasing stocks here. I love the move in the IWM. I love the move in my long-term portfolio. But we know in the last two years, every time your long-term portfolio starts to feel like, oh, here we go. You know, it's starting to look good here again. It's been a selling opportunity. Like, give a perspective. Ford just went from 12 to 13.50 in three days, four days. You know, GM just went from, I have a trading position in Ford, um, and I have a long-term position in GM. Um, it's, it's been big moves. This is a pretty good move. 10, 12, 15% moves on some of these stocks in, in, in three or four or five days. Mitch, to your point, this has been a trading environment. And when you're getting these 8, 9, 10% moves, it's usually an opportunity more to ring the register. Definitely. And, and that's one thing that I, I was fighting with yesterday, right? Um, of course, you guys know I've been swinging ARKK and uh, this has been kind of getting the lift. But do I just run to the profits now? That's the hard part, right? And so, uh, of course, uh, just recently I closed my Norwegian for an over 20% gain. And I, I think I'm starting to get to that point where, yeah, I, I, I've seen gains that I normally have not gotten this year. So I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards that profit taking. Yeah. Because the truth is, I haven't seen too many 20, 10% I think you have winners to. this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that you get to a certain point where, yeah, the market could keep going, but we're not just about trying to get the full, the full picture, right? We just got to get the meat of the move. And if we could get that, it's probably going to push us forward, right? And the market could always turn around. I feel like we've been riding this AI bubble, but just take a look at like AI yesterday also coming back down, right? I saw Microsoft pretty weak yesterday, right? Is the AI trade slowly but surely starting to turn around? Google coming back down. Right. I feel like even the bigger names are telling us something here and we're seeing it even in Apple. Apple came out with new products and it's just been kind of more of a sell the news. We we yeah. covered this right off the hop and they were just overbought. I mean, mm -hmm. all these names were overbought. Is the story over for AI? Absolutely not. not. Yeah. Does the story cool off a little bit to give you a chance to get back into some of these names? I think so. That's why I'm not chasing. So right now, my long term portfolio, I have Amazon. That I bought around 106, I think. Um, I have AMD. These are, you know, my AI plays. I have AMD. Um, and that's pretty much the bulk of it, I think. Because I've sold my Microsoft, which was way too early. I sold my Google way too early. I sold my Apple. You know that I sold the Apple last year. So am I looking to get back into some of these names? Yeah, but again, they're 30 times earnings. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm still Warren Buffett approach. It's got to be a reasonable valuation. You know, if Google pulled back, let's say to like the 110 area, would I be a buyer? Yes, I would. So, but that's another 12 points down from here. So I, I'm hoping for more of a pullback here, but I also know that the story is far from over and these buyers could reemerge even today. Like, I mean, this was the nicest dip we've had for a bit. So I, I think it's wishful thinking to just say, yeah, this is over. They're going to be coming back down and we're going to get all these things back at where they were two months ago. I don't think it's going to be that easy for the Bulls. Let's go over to some of our earnings reports today. Let's go to Signet Jewelers and see if what happened here. Um, so let me go ahead and put that up. There we go. 
Q1 adjusted EPS at $1.78 beat the $1.49 estimate. Sales of $1.67 billion beat the $1.65 billion estimate. They cut full year 24 total sale outlook from $7.67 billion and $7.8 billion now to $7.1 billion and $7.3 billion on the high end. The consensus was $7.7 3 billion. Uh, so definitely falling on a lower guidance move here as it comes down. And I mean, are really people buying jewelry right now? Apparently not. <laughs> SIG, big pop into the earnings report. Obviously, retail got some love the last couple of days. And here's the dose of reality here. Yeah, and this right is there. the problem is that a lot of these beaten down retail names, which are getting the relief pop because they were just so massively oversold, are still having serious fundamental problems. The Signet Jewelers is not a great report. We're talking about, you know, still a cheap stock. So there's still Macy's type involved here because when you look, they're cutting their fiscal year 2024 outlook. They were supposed to make $11.11. .11. They're now looking at 9.49 to 10. Well, if you take the lower end of that at nine, this thing is still trading with a P of like six or seven. But with that being said, nobody likes to see, you know, their growth slowing. Nobody likes to see less money being made. I think the dose of reality here is the consumer will indeed slow on some of these purchases in the back half of 2023 and early 2024 as higher interest rates do eventually start to slow the consumer spending. So dose of reality here, does the Signet dip get bought? Probably. The reason for that is you know, now people are saying, I need value stocks, things still trading, you know, six, seven times earnings, even on that lower end, a little bit of the Macy's, you know, look to it all. So 61.35 is a big level for it. It's being defended at the 52-week low. Let's yeah. see if that level can hold. I think you, you gave even the technicals there. My man, Dennis, killing it there. Of course, uh, keep your eyes on Signet Jewelers. We'll see if it goes lower today. And we'll see if it affects different stocks. I have seen, like let's say, like a fossil just been leaking and leaking and leaking. This thing's up right now. Don't know why it's up right now. I'll be kind of watching for luxury goods to kind of get hit. But what's the other one? Movado. Um, what's the ticket for Movado? I forgot it. I, I, I don't take a look at that one. I think it's MOV. There it is. MOV. Um, so that's the other kind of luxury good. Uh, and that's also up right now. We'll see if these kind of reverse, of course, uh, with Signet kind of taking that hit. Let's go to fuel cell energy as they also reported earnings. They're missing on EPS here. Fuel cell energy, FCEL, um, their EPS coming in here at a loss of nine cents, missing the loss of seven cent estimate. Sales of 38.3 million beat the 25.45 million estimate. And as you guys can see, they got a little bit of a pop at first, but now starting to drop off here at the, around the 228s. Fighting in the chat here again, so I missed what you said. I got to stop with the haters here. Oh, um, come on, man. You guys in the chat. I, I, FCEL. On days like today, Dennis, and I'll be honest, I look at the chat. I call everything wrong, buddy. Certain I times, call everything wrong. I don't make any money. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know how it is, my friend. They, they always want to come at it, man. And, what and what it, drives me nuts is this Pablo guy. I'm going to call you out here, Pablo. Keeps saying how you know I said Tesla was a $25 stock. I have no idea when I said that. 
I wish you could find the YouTube clip. The I'll buy the stock was, for a dollar. I don't mind being called out when I'm actually wrong, but when I'm right and then they just, you know, take something out of context and try to like spin it to try to make me look like I'm wrong. Because remember who was saying Tesla in December that eventually the January effect would turn the stock? I tweeted it half a dozen times that in all likelihood, Tesla was going to turn. I said, if Tesla, I think this is what I said. I said, if Tesla was continuing to fall, it's trading 27 times earnings. I'm like, there's some people who think, and I wasn't me that thought Tesla was going to $25. Mm-hmm. I said, if it ever went down to that kind of a price, I would back up the truck and buy it like crazy. But now he says, Tesla, you said was going to 25. I said, if it ever went down to a price like that, I would be a buyer like crazy. I was saying at 100, the valuation was starting to get reasonable. That's what I was saying. When it was $100 and trading 27 times earnings, that it was starting to get reasonable. I didn't buy it. I didn't jump in, you know, but I actually was talking about it reasonable. So, you know, he's in there just to try to tick you off and take stuff out of context every single day is in there just to tick you off. So I try to ignore it, but he keeps bringing up the one stock that I call, and I didn't even call it wrong. You know, find better examples because I'll tell you, Pablo, you can find a hell of a lot better examples than that one because I call stuff wrong every single day. I'm a trader. It's my job to try to give market opinions, which is what I do. And I try to, you know, do, you know, be right 55% of the time. So go cherry pick the other 45. I'm going to say something wrong today. I'm going to be wrong today. I can guarantee you. Go find it, Pablo. Find a different example. I'm sick of Mm -hmm. hearing this Tesla one. Yeah. And and I think that one of the things is like, I talked about it yesterday. Just keep it simple. The truth is, is that we're not trying to be 100%. If that's what you think we're trying to do, well, then I guess you're in the wrong business. There's no such thing as perfection. But when I call something wrong, find one that I actually called wrong because I didn't even call Tesla wrong. Yeah, that's the hard part. Call me out on something I did wrong. Pablo, right. your job today is to find something on the show that I say wrong. And I guarantee you, we're going to talk 15 stocks. There's going to be a couple stocks that I actually say wrong. So I guarantee you, go find that and call me out on those ones. But stop calling me out on this Tesla call because I didn't even call it wrong. All right, guys, getting ready for this number. If you need to go wide, Dennis, go ahead. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Initial jobless claims coming through. Continuous jobless claims expected is 235 and on continuous is 1.8 million. Let's see what we get here. I'm going to take a look as we start getting it. Initial jobless claims right here, right at the top there, 261,000 versus 235,000 estimate and continuous jobless claims coming at 1.757 versus 1.8 estimate there. So lower on the continuous jobless claims, but initial jobless claims getting a little bit of a spike above the estimate. We'll see how that kind of moves the markets. Let me take a look to see if we're getting a move. It seems like we got a small, I'm not even going to call that a pop. Like it went up like what, 20 cents there on that number. Um, We'll see how the markets react, but I don't see too much reaction right now. It's just kind of in line here. We'll see if we take out and go towards like 427.20s or below like 426. That would tell me it's moving off of this. But right now, I feel like we're holding in this hourly range. And we could still have hourly recoveries. That's why I'm kind of keeping a watch on this hourly chart here to see what happens with this. Do we hold sideways here and just pop back towards kind of the 428s? 
429s. We'll see what happens it's there. It's a really the we're at the crossroads here with this market here right now. Like you could feel the value rally coming a little bit. You could see, you know, when the value started to go up, it was predictable the mega cap techs would sell off. And remember, I'm a relationship guy. This is how I make my money. It's identifying those relationships and trying to extract alpha from the inefficiencies of people not following those relationships. Um, this initial jobless claims, 261 versus 263. We're moving off of it. it none of this is going to be a huge market mover. It's next week's CPI that's going to matter. So this market's probably more in a holding period until we can figure out, you know, what the next month's CPI is going to look like. But we're moving here right now. So I mean, now we're is, getting you know, to move. They, we're, we're, no, we're, we're late. Moving. Did we're, the algos, a little were bit the algos late this time? They yeah, usually no, the, front the run the move, late. right? It was delayed movement. Yeah, so the, we get a nice little pop here. What you know, it, again, just respect the rotation. So if you start to see Microsoft, Apple's, Google's, Amazon's, which we just saw pop on this, be cautious with those other names. So that's just the tale of two markets. I don't think you're going to see this market where they buy everything or sell everything here. We're separating here again. It's value versus growth. It's the Knights versus the Florida Panthers, the value versus the growth here. So there's only going to be one winner, one loser here, I think, today. Um, so I don't think it's going to be one of those markets that they just come in and everybody wins. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but definitely starting to get that reaction. The SPY getting up there all the way towards 427.22. Talked about if we could get above that kind of 426.90s, get into the 427s. Maybe we can start lifting out of this hourly sideways period. If you could see also on the 15, I could draw kind of a little bit of a rectangle here to kind of draw out the range right now seems like we're between kind of 427.30s on the low end 426.30 so about like a point you can see yesterday towards the close there was a couple of wicks below this like attempts to go lower and it didn't break that so i'm going to keep this kind of rectangle in my mentality today right if it goes above that 427.30 what would i be looking at probably looking at some tech names maybe getting a little bit higher below the spy going down there towards 426.30s Maybe we see more rotation to value, right? Always having two types of situational awareness thinking, I think it's very important. And having both sides, right? A lot of traders only look to one side, the long side, and don't understand how the stocks will look if we do break to the downside. Let's get out of this conversation. Of course, we just got the jobs numbers to come in. A little bit of a spike there. Now holding above 427 will be something I'll be looking for. Let's get to the next uh, earning stock. This is one that I don't really pay attention to often, but I did see it uh, down big here. HCP, this is HashiCorp, and they reported their earnings today. Let's get to this. Uh, as they reported a loss on the EPS here of $0.07, cents, beating the loss of $0.14 cent estimate, sales of $137.98 million, beating the $133.11 million estimate. They did lower their guidance there. I think that definitely affected uh, the stock. And as you guys can see, down over 20% after earnings. 26 bucks. This is the level for HCP. Um, I don't see, is that where it bounced? Where did it get to after hours, Mitch? I can't. Uh, the low of the my, day, my, the low of the move was 2454. Okay, so $26 then... is your bogey here now. Mm -hmm. So if you're buying the dip, and I'm not buying the dip because I don't even follow this company, but if you were, that's the level 2583, the low of the move in April. That's the level that they need to defend. You know, we're still in this buy the dip mentality. So, you know, I don't argue if you're looking at some of these earnings reports and thinking, oh, should I come in Signet and be a buyer? Should I come in HCP and be a buyer? 
there is levels of support here. If those levels of support get taken out, that you know where your stop out is. You can put on any trade, again, as long as you know where your out is. Agree with that. And I think that a lot, a lot of traders, sometimes they like to judge trades. And really, it's all about the plan, right? And I mean, as long as you have a planned attack, can anyone really tell you you're doing something wrong? No, that's what trading is about. At the end of the day, I know that a lot of people don't compare trading and gambling, but I do. Because at the end of the day, the truth is, every trade is a gamble. We only can do what? Go after it with a processed approach have have you know risk preservation in mind know our system but the truth is it's always a gamble we don't know it's going to end up into the green that's the truth all right let's get out of HashiCorp. um sure. i do want to let us know that uh we did get a call out from frank holmes uh so won't be able to talk so much on okay. uh, the airlines gold and crypto but i did one better for us right i said you know what Forget all that action. We're not going to talk about the airlines, but I know someone that keeps up with all the stock market. We've now referred to him as pre-market preps, probably top guest. Let's bring him back on, my man, Christian Fomhertz. All right, what's going on? <laughs> How's hey. the air? Uh, it's uh, thanks for asking. It's it's getting better. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a work in progress. That I do see the sun is out, and um, it's you're trying on Mars, to pierce right? through all that smoke. <laughs> yeah, what are, what are you guys doing up there, Dennis? What's I don't on? know. We just got too many campfires going, apparently. But the funny just... thing is, is that I'm like maybe two hundred and probably two hundred to three hundred miles away from these forest fires, but we have not had anything like that. You're like five hundred miles away, but I guess it was just the way the wind is blowing. We yeah. had a little bit of smoke warning yesterday. We had a little bit today, the warning, yeah. but it's just kind of cloudy. It smells a little bit outside, but nothing like those pictures. But, you know, you were posting there from New York <laughs> yesterday. That looked right. like the apocalypse, like you had a nuclear bomb go off. Like, sorry, I'll apologize for all Canadians. We're sorry. <laughs> this, I think this is the worst thing that Canada has ever done. I think well. so. <laughs> the worst thing Canada <laughs> I has think ever so. done. Guys. We're usually nice up here in Canada, you know, with our hockey games and, you know, and, and right. you know, don't our, start our forest fires, habits. guys. We're always nice and we apologize for everything. So I'll apologize for this too. <laughs> Listen, oh, yeah. we, you know, you have to joke around a little bit, but you know, of, of all the things that we've, that we've been through over the last few years, like this is pretty minimal and, um, you know, a weird one though. Uh, definitely weird and yeah. you know, not used to seeing, you know, the world look like Mars for, for a couple <laughs> days. I was, I was thinking like Elon Musk finally getting his wish here. He says right. he wants to die on Mars. Well, he just had to go to New York city and he'd be good to go. <laughs> exactly. That's what he's always said. I want to die on Mars. It did. It looked like Mars. Crazy. Well, uh, I know we could talk about the Martians out there, but let's talk a little bit about the stock action. Of course, yeah. we saw a wicked rotation kind of yesterday as we started seeing tech kind of fade a little bit away. What are you seeing, Christian? Yeah, and I, and you know, I was listening to your broadcast earlier. So you know, Dennis, congratulations! It sounds like uh, you know your long term account. You you've you know positioned nicely for this, and um, you know, well, it helps the last few days, but it hasn't been good. So don't congratulate me on my long term. <laughs> I wish it was all Apple and Microsoft and just the other names. Dennis but is like, I'm a trader, man. That long term, I was way too early. So long term account not doing nearly as well as my trading account. Yeah. Uh, well, still, I mean, I heard, you know, you're, you're to date high. So, so congratulations. Yeah, that helps. Definitely. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as like what we're seeing so far, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, 
the Qs and the and the the mega cap growth and so forth, they got pretty overbought. You know, if you use the RSI indicator, mm-hmm. it was hanging around a 75, 76 for a few days. And you know, we know that things could always get more overbought, but in terms of risk reward, um, you know, there wasn't great reward for that type of risk. And um, yeah, so finally you're seeing that rotation. And you know. I think it's a, there's a lot of questions. Is is it just a couple days of rotation or are we going to see more follow through? And I think that you have to get comfortable. Like for me, what I try to do is get comfortable with those sectors that could see the rotation. Um, you know, over the weekend, one of the a couple of the sectors that I was looking at um, were the industrials, which I just thought that they were starting to, you know, we were starting to see signs um, along with the story in, in China that they were stimulating, that you could see this move back into the industrials. And, and I think the industrials, you know, if I look at names that are that are now breaking out to 52-week highs, I see a lot of industrials. So I think that's a real interesting group. The home builders have been on fire. I mean, that's that's been the story all year long. And, you know, the, the poor home builders don't get any, uh, you know, recognition no. or credit, but they've been just methodically, you know, uh, pulling back a little bit, going back out to new highs, pulling back a little bit, going back out to new highs. And they've just been on fire. And I'm watching things this morning, like, like Lowe's looks pretty good. Home Depot looks pretty good. So, you know, these are things that I'm comfortable with, um, because I find it very difficult to go right, to go into some of the really underperforming areas because I am a trend trader. So I like to stick to things that are trends. So, uh, but everybody has their own style and there, there's multiple ways to make money. And, you know, that's what I always tell traders that I've got my style that I use, but that doesn't mean that 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 I'm going to hit every trade with my style. You know, like the the energy stocks were, were really nice and they might catch a little bit of follow through. And I was kind of debating whether or not I should um, add a little bit to, you know, um, you know, add a add an energy stock here or there. Um, and I didn't do it um, yesterday because, I, you know, you have at the end of the day, you have to have conviction in these ideas. And uh, because sometimes you don't get the timing right. And if you do get that pullback, are you going to, you, you know, if, if it's if it's not a continuation from yesterday, are you going to be, you know, have the conviction to stay into that group if it's down a little bit? For me, I know that I wouldn't. And therefore, it's better for me just to kind of stay away a little bit or find one that I really like within the group that I can kind of buy on dips and, and feel feel comfortable with. But I, but for me, like that's what it comes comes down to is um, I have to have conviction in some of these rotations because um, you, you may not get that follow through right, you know, right away. Christian, talk about your strategy with trend following and how do you know when the trend has broken? I mean, is it just a matter of going to your chart and drawing your line and then just waiting or, you know, and you're just holding to those trends. Just talk about that strategy overall, because you, as you go to different time frames, it looks like, oh, well, the trend isn't broken here, but it is broken here. What time frame do you use when you're with your core trend following strategy? And how do you execute when you know you're seeing these turns? Feel free to also, Christian, if you'd like, you could share your charts. I know that sure, you have I'll a lot it, of that yeah. on your charts to kind of explain through. Um, but by all means, let's see, present, uh, share screen. I just want to see Christian's charts. Yeah, we do. Uh, let's do window <laughs> here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, let me see if I can do this. Um, how's that? Does that, did that got work? you up? 
Yeah, there so you go. Of course, so I'm watching this this squeeze and and Carvana, but um, I, <laughs> uh, which I, I Carvana. Yeah, so I do start like you know bigger picture. Um, I don't do much much real trading off of um, the weekly chart, but but I always start there just to see what's going on. You know, if the trend is intact. But we just mentioned home builders, so I think like this is a good place to start. But I've got a lot of indicators and and lines on my charts try to just for now just kind of keep it simple and I'll, and I'll just mention the 50-day moving average i think that's you know for an uptrend you know something that's been behaving in an uptrend for a while you want to keep an eye on that 50-day moving average and i just mentioned i mean this was just literally about a week ago where the home builders it's a, it was a great point to say this is an area to watch a pullback to the 50-day moving average and i think for a trend trader like that's one of the major uh, moving averages to watch and um you got the perfect i mean magic you know just by just by magic there it bounces and gets a nice you know mm. big green bar there and and then the continuation back out to highs um you know now it's a little bit extended so would i chase the home builders here no i would wait you know, I would be taking profits and then wait for your next check back, um, maybe not to the 50 day moving average, but even to the 20 day moving average, because there it's a little bit extended. But there's um, a better question, maybe. Um, so when you're trend following and I want to ask you this, mm -hmm. how do you know when to take your profits? Because, I mean, you know, maybe it's easy to tell trends breaking. So this is where I'm going to stop out of the trade. Do you have just targets when you go into it or is it like, you know, at a certain point when it just gets so far away from the trend that's just overextended that I need to take some money off the table here now? How do you know when to exit the trade? Yeah, the, um, so that's uh, that's a great question, of course. And it's a little bit more complicated because we we never know how long a trend is going to last. Right. Some everybody tries to predict, make their predictions and so forth. But really, and you know, in the in the game of trading, we, you know, no one knows what's going to happen on a day to day basis. And no one knows how long a trend is going to last. So, you know, one of the to, to make it simple, one of the best things to do is, you know, is to always plan out your trade before you get into the trade. So, so you know, think about where you want to take profits. And I do use indicators when, um, you, you know, when I when it hasn't broken out to new to new highs, I can look at, at previous, you know, supply levels and so forth. But yeah, it's basically when things get a little bit extended, you know, it requires a little, you know, I normally take one or two targets pretty quickly in this market. And I've been trying to adjust my trading this year because, um, you know, a lot has changed this year. And I was really quick with taking those first two targets um, because last year, if you didn't do that, sometimes your profits would, you would kind of watch your profits become, you know, you, you would, uh, lose those and, um, and the trade would kind of reverse on you. Now I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more, um, liberal with taking those first two targets and, and at least, you know, uh, letting that last piece run. But yeah, when something gets pretty extended away from like the five, five day moving average, I begin to kind of, um, take off most of the trade and, and leave a runner on. And then I think the best thing to do at that point, which is, and this is an important point, is to put a trailing stop on and realize that you're probably not going to time the the top perfectly. Um, but if you could leave that last runner on, um, you know, and and this way you could really profit if the, if the stock or group does something really incredible. I love that. And I love to mention there also about using a trailing stop, especially after you've already taken some profits, right? At exactly. that point, it's just kind of more let the market work for me. 
if it turns around, it's okay. I already have the order set to get me out of the trade. I like that approach there, Christian. And I like how you're mentioning different indicators and using them kind of more of a support system versus as this is where I get in, this is where I get out. Like exactly, right? I, I think that's very important and looking for also extended moves, right? Whenever you're trend trading, that's what you're looking for, for it to come back towards a support and really kind of take off back towards the top of the trend and then trying to take the profits into the move, especially this market has been that market that if you don't take your money and run, a lot of the times the profits just come back and there's nothing worse than having a winner become a loser, right? Yeah. yeah and and I, I think, you know, the, the last point too is that um yeah if you don't you know if you don't let that that last piece of the trade run um you know it it's so difficult because when we get a trade to work right the the what we want to do is we want to manage it we want to say geez i got it to work let me take profits yeah. and you know one of the worst feelings as a trader too is when you're when you're out of the trade and you're pleased the the one day is is to see it can you know continue to kind of work and to be right in a trade and but just to take it off a little bit too quickly um you know again last That's year me. that that was the name of the game is to say okay you got what you were looking for you know take your profits be happy with it but this year right and and you know in previous you know i hate to 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 say things are in a bull market or bear market but you know watching what the prices are doing this year is obviously much different than last year now you 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 don't want to force yourself out of a out of at least the last portion of of the trade um you know in until you get a sell signal love it now let's go ahead we'll wrap it up with just conversations on the overall market of course you're going to be looking to see if we catch a little bit of a of a bounce there i do like to mention there on xli and kind of the industrials overall is there any names there that you like more than others i know that i started seeing kind of honeywell prop up a little bit ge has just remained strong cat had a big move yesterday deer is there any space in industrials that you're looking a little bit more christian Hey, I like that Honeywell chart. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's you know, if it breaks out, um, you know, just a little bit further here, you you've got a nice move, and um, uh, I, I like this um, pretty decently. Caterpillar, I think, can you know, can continue to run, but uh, you know, maybe if you get an inside move, um, that's something that I'm watching. I'm also watching um, just the Dow, um, even though it's been, I mean, of course, like this is not what we're seeing right now. It's the small caps. The Dow stocks are large caps, but um, it, the risk reward here is setting up if it can kind of push out here. Um, I, I think that the Dow stocks could could be very interesting. Uh, and I and I was looking at this trade right at the end of, of the day yesterday, and I'm like, ah, give it one, you know, give it one more day. Um, but if you look at this group, you know, you've got a JP Morgan in there, right? You've got an Exxon. Yeah. So if we continue to see a little bit more value areas, you know, um, value type stocks. Um, this could be a, a group to go with. So that's what uh, that's what I'm looking at for today. And um, and then, of course, you can kind of catch a little bit of things, you know, like Apple has had, you know, after that reversal on the, um, you know, the sell the news event, um, you know, now maybe this can kind of settle in. And of course, Apple's in the Dow. Right. So that's so always when I'm looking at, um, you know, an ETF or an index, you know, the Dow is easy because it's only 30 names. Go through those 30 names and see 
see if you like those 30 names. If they're setting up and if you think they're good setups, right, then the odds are that the, that the index is going to move up as well. All right, like always, you guys can check out Christian Fomhertz. Check him out, Tribeca Trade Group, and uh, maybe AI added soon enough. Uh, but we'll <laughs> definitely keep an eye on it and stay safe out there in Mars slash New York. Uh, definitely, I know it's tough out there to deal with it. Did you still bike in, Christian? I didn't this morning. Um, I, I did on, on the way in uh, yesterday, but I, I left my bike here at work. Um, I, I was told by family members, please don't bike. Yeah, so, that's what I was going to tell you the same thing too, Christian. <laughs> Save those lungs, man. You yeah. need them, man. Right. Yeah, when you drive day. in, you know, make sure you don't put the, you know, put the recirc on so you're breathing your car and not grabbing that air from outside. Yeah. Yeah. The, the All car the tips filters, to not breathe the outdoor I, I air. I wonder how bad those car filters also are getting. You might need to replace them a little bit quicker than you usually do have a good one christian definitely check him out try becca trade group i'll make sure to throw up his twitter in the chat a great follow there have a good one christian you too guys take care all right thanks for christian jumping in and he's always ready to go man Um, we had frank lined up but you see how quickly christian comes on and kills it every time all right let's get to this market i want to take a look at our top movers today let's go to trade zero and see what we see on the gappers all right team out there and uh we'll definitely throw it to the chat you guys also throw up tickers that you guys are seeing making moves up if you want to talk about them this is your opportunity what are you seeing on here maybe standing out to you of course you see carvana what happened there, Dennis? I didn't even catch it. What I didn't catch the headline here either, but this is in full short squeeze mode. We've talked about this stock, and you know, this is just unbelievable turnaround here, at least. And again, it's hard to be mm. sure of these names because there is a huge short interest and there is these potential for pops. And any type of a headline that comes out that gives you know any type of hope that this company is going to survive. It goes up 20% on these because it's been priced like it's going out of business. I mean, you're down, you know, from 300 to 30 bucks. Now it's, um, you know, it was some guidance that they came out here, I yeah. believe, just a few minutes ago here when Christian was on. I'm just trying to grab it myself too. But it sounds like the Q2 guidance was hmm. pretty good. I don't know if you have it, Money Mitch. It's right there. Uh, so it looks like uh, we got a report there. And, of course, uh Trade Zero has some Benzinga that reports nice. here. So the Trade Zero uh, runs the Benzinga. Yeah, and then so I just used the news right here from the platform. Hit the news right there. Carvana uh, expects to achieve adjusted EBITDA above fifty million total gross profit per unit above six thousand in Q two, and this is really what we wanted to be kind of looking at, right? Carvana was trying to do this whole reset of focusing on trying to get towards you know some profitability right and i think that they've found a way to do what survive through the the tough time and now they're trying to start coming back and i think this is a company that i thought would go to zero and they quickly are being able to nothing goes straight to zero even when stocks go bankrupt a lot of times they don't go to zero so you know even like you know bed bath and beyond which is selling stores where's that thing still 22 cents so i mean it's hard to send stocks straight to zero. And when, you know, you're talking about stocks down 96, 97% from the highs, sometimes going for those last few dollars can be very dangerous from the short side. You know, people think, oh, naturally you're short. You want to be short the weakest companies and the worst stocks. That's not really what shorting is about. It's about being short. It's about timing. 
short selling and I short stocks every day. I buy stocks every day. I trade market neutral. But short selling is all about timing. So don't just necessarily think, oh, this company is going out of business. So I'm going to short this stock and I'm going to make 100% of my money because it doesn't work and it's not that simple and stocks don't go straight to zero. That's the hard part there. And uh, I think that one of the things is being flexible, right? I was made that call, but I was easily able to see that the price action was telling me something else. And we've seen how these stories have turned around upstart. Carvana, names like that, Affirm, getting some lift yesterday, things like this. I think we got to keep an eye out for. Um, And that's how shorts get squeezed too. So you got to be careful too. And another kind of profit-taking example on the downside versus the upside, right? How do you determine when to take profits on the downside is something to keep in mind. Timing. When you're short-selling stocks, it's all about timing. Yeah. Like long-term investing, you know, while you're buying good companies at reasonable valuations. You know, you could say the opposite. If you're short selling stocks, you're shorting companies at absurd valuations, but that is dangerous. You'd be short NVIDIA 200 points ago if that was the case. So, I mean, it's just not about, you know, doing, you know, again, I go to that saying that I heard from somebody on Twitter, just, you know, a good short seller doesn't shoot them in the face. They shoot them in the back. So when they start going down and they start to break and the story starts to go cold, that's when you're shorting, not when the story is hot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that, you know, that's one thing that you need to be thinking about too, right? When the story does get kind of just dry, a lot of times you see sideways consolidation. That's hard to stay around. Now, one thing I'm clearly seeing is we're starting to see a change at the top here. And what are we seeing? We're seeing now Adobe at the top. We're seeing Lily now starting to show up here. I saw NVIDIA jump for just a second there. So keep your eyes. We'll see if some of these tech stocks can catch a little bit of a bounce um, of course, we did get that jobs number just as of late, They're getting a little bit of a bounce, nothing big. Amazon was a big down move yesterday. Do you think that this one could catch a little bit of some buy the dippers and where, what levels are you looking getting at? Getting a price target bump, I believe, or, you know, an initiation. I saw it. I had it written down. I can't see it there now. I believe a buy rating from Wells Fargo. Crazy that they didn't cover. Maybe that an analyst turn or something there. Um, so it's getting the lift here again. What you saw yesterday was a little double top put in place 127. If you look at the dailies, 127, 40, 127, 36, reversing off of that, along with all the stocks that they've been hiding in. So you get a little relief pop here, makes me more inclined to sell. Talking against my book, I'm long Amazon, the long term portfolio. I still think there's a story here which is going to carry the stock forward for the next couple of years. So sticking within the long term portfolio, but if you had it on for a trade, I'd maybe be lightening up into the bounce. All right. So there's two headlines I see here. I see one on that uh, rating. I threw it up at the bottom there. It looks like that one's an initiate coverage yeah. with an overweight rating announcing a price target of 159. But I also see a headline here of Amazon considering launching ad supported prime video tier. Mm, that is a big news. I think there Google and Microsoft facing backlash for ad inclusion in AI trials, Airbus records, um, so Amazon to launch an advertising supported prime video streaming service tier. That's actual news there. So I would keep watch on that. That's yeah. exactly what Disney plus did. Right. And you wonder why Netflix they're not did, selling right? Netflix off on that. Yeah. Netflix was popping actually on this. Yeah. Netflix, like. Netflix is ignoring it. You would think that they'd actually maybe, you know, sell Netflix on that headline. And, you know, the other day when I was thinking too, with um, when a firm did the deal with, um, 
with Amazon or was it Amazon? Who did their firm do? The yeah, deal with? yeah, firm Amazon. did with Amazon. Correct. Yeah. Yesterday. So what was popping into my mind? I was like, it can't be good for Visa and Mastercard. And I actually got shorts on in Visa and Mastercard after the open. Yes, I believe it was yesterday. The firm mm-hmm. had the big pop. Yeah. And I got short Visa and MasterCard, and they were both really good trades. Visa basically opened mm. up near the highs. And if you look at the chart from yesterday, again, understanding relationships. Yeah, look at that. I was able to get short Visa, and I was able to get short MasterCard. Again, I get out too early, you know me. But they were both they were both really good trades. I wish I, the MasterCard went down 12 bucks after the open. Hell so yeah. Like, it it's just like, like people awesome were sleepy trades. on that. I yeah. mean, I think that, you know, was like you got a firm coming in. Like, it's you know a competition for them on Amazon. You know, math people, a lot of people paying with their Mastercard and Visa card. Now they can play with the firm too, so it's competition. So I'm not surprised at that move. I'm just surprised it took the market that long to figure it out. Uh, we'll see what happens in different stocks. Um, one stock I've been seeing kind of just continuing to lift. We'll see if Roku can continue to lift, even though yesterday a lot of stocks pulled back. Look at that. Still staying strong. Yeah, good strong, call, Mitch, because so. you were bullish on Roku there. Yeah, I, you know bonus. why, though, right, Dennis? I'm looking at also biggest positions in ARC and seeing if they can get going. Yeah. Because those are the ones that, I mean, <laughs> they're loaded in, right? I mean, look yeah. at Zoom. Zoom's on my watch, too. I'm not getting in this yet, but I feel like at some point, the sleepiness of Zoom could maybe turn around and start pushing, right? These are big positions in ARKK, Roku. Um, one that I know that I saw turn around on Kathy that I'm going to focus on to see if it can kind of come back is Path. That took a big beating yesterday. Um, it was, it's been climbing, climbing. She's been adding and adding all the way. <laughs> um, and it gets to 1994 and takes a big hit back Big down. reversal. 16 would be huge, like bounce off that level. I don't know if you're going to get that far down. I think, you know, even the fall off in Palantir yesterday, huge reversal. Exactly. Yeah. Probably was the short-term top. I mean, hindsight capital, you know, would tell you that. But I think also um, we just got to be somewhat cautious. Yeah, you know, got to be nimble. I think, uh, yeah. You, you look at yesterday's low, 1452, and does that hold? I still think you're buying pullbacks on all these names, but I kind of like, you know, the hook what I was talking about. Where they have the big reversal, then they leak and they try to bottom a little bit. Give me a little bit of life and then start showing me like, okay, you're starting to show some stability. And then show me that little hook, the little turn there. That's where I like to strike. Not just like on the first day of the pullback. Because you don't know how big the pullback can get. Let's find some stabilization. And if it just bounces right back, so be it. We miss that move. You can miss trades all the time. You don't lose money missing trades. You lose money by striking too early and then getting run over. Yeah, 100%. And I think that one thing that we all got to keep in mind is that these stocks have been running for like weeks now. Yeah. There could always be wicked turnarounds. And I think yes. that as a trader, you always have to keep that in mind. The truth is, if as the trend is your friend until it isn't. And that's the truth, right? That You hear that statement all the time. It yeah. seems like that's what we're seeing here. Last thing I'll mention, I saw a, a mention in the chat about Lucid. Um, that it's oversold. Yes, it is oversold, but this story is broken right now. There's something needs to change in this story. Broken. Yeah, let's just be honest. Dennis and I have been My calling five this since the very beginning. Target, so as much as people can call me out for some bad stuff, <laughs> this is one of like, our best ones. Dennis, Lucid's going to be five bucks. And I said this back when it was like twenty-two. I think forty, thirty. 20. It was like 35 and going down. I remember yeah. people saying, oh, we're going to buy the dip on Lucid. I said, I think long-term, the stock is going to be under $5. Has never got there yet. It got to 6 Then I had the ridiculous pop-up to 17 We're back here at 6 I think eventually it's going to be 5 and 4 and 3 and 2 
and one. So is there a bounce here eventually? Because we're in this kind of buy the dip mentality market. Maybe there's always money to be made, you know, playing bounces. But I'm not putting Lucid in the long-term portfolio anytime. No way, no. No, and the thing is, remember, they make their vehicles. How much have they been struggling on making their vehicles? What's the number one thing you hear Elon Musk saying about electric vehicles? Is that we're so good at it and everybody else sucks. Well, that's kind of true. (laughs) <laughs> it's the truth look yeah. at it look around everybody struggles everyone has recalls ford's had recalls gm and yeah tesla's had its recalls but they just do it that much better right now they we'll do. see if that ever does they change. might always do it better i mean love yeah. him or hate him the stuff he's accomplished like i've said i'm a huge elon musk fan i haven't in long tesla you know i trade tesla all the time but i haven't had it as a core position long-term portfolio because of valuation and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So I just didn't do it. But, you know, he's done his margins are better. He's done everything better. I mean, I love Elon Musk. And yeah. I think, you and know, blame me for it. I think there's, you know, opportunities. But, you know, on pullbacks, would it be a buyer Tesla maybe? But I've never been able to wrap my head around that valuation. That's just not my style. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to start wrapping it up here. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero for an extensive inventory of shorts. Time to get towards the market. Of course, it's 9.04. It's, what are you seeing, Dennis? Of course, one I'm thing I always like to do. I'm seeing a reversal in the IWM here this morning. I'm seeing a okay. reversal. In the, in, and again, we talked about it, and I was predicting that it would happen at 9.45. It happened at 8.30. So it came early where all those tech stocks that were down this morning and they were buying the banks and they were buying up, you know, some of the oil stocks and the value names this morning that has reversed here already. Now, does it go back? You know, is this just cycles? But you can see clearly the banks have become weak here. They were way up this morning. The KRE was trading way higher this morning, you know, and now, you know, they're seeing some of those beaten down tech names actually turn around and start to go up here. So you're seeing the trend that the, 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 the value to growth trade come off here or growth to value trade come off here in the last hour. Now, again, you know, we don't know if this continues or how it's going to go, but as of this point right now, it appears that growth is already finding by the dippers coming in. And we'll keep an eye on it. Of course, we've seen some wicked moves today and then we got wicked moves yesterday. Will tech bounce back today? Of course, GME firing CEO. That was definitely one of the headlines today to catch. And we'll see. Will the Fed raise rates one more time? Something definitely to keep watch. That comes next week. That's going to do it for us today. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action right here on Benzinga. Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader on Twitter. Give him a follow. Always good to have you on, Dennis. See you you next time. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to get you over to live trading. That's coming up next. Let's see what I can get into, see if I can maybe find some of these growth trades. Maybe we'll see what happens in tech today. Will we continue to pull back? Or will we just lift higher again? Find out on live trading. That's coming up next. And like always, smash the like, guys. We're going to keep going with the book club, continuing to push forward on that. Going to go ahead and try to do another Sunday here one last time uh, before I adjust towards the weekdays. But smash the like, guys. Join it up. And definitely, we love you, Dennis. I know there's haters out there. And what I would say is like always, guys, take everything we say with a little bit of grain of salt. What do I mean by that? The truth is, is that this is not investment advice. This is for informational purposes only. This is for you guys out there to learn from the process approach from masters like Dennis Dick and Joel Alconin. 
Of course, you guys get a little bit of money, Mitch, but I'm still learning every single day, just like you guys should be learning every single day out there. So keep pushing yourself because this is the place to be at. Benzinga, if you want to go ahead and learn about the markets, pre-market prep will be here for you guys. Smash the like button now to get you guys over to live trading and let's keep it going. Benzinga. Thank you.